No, go ahead. But, uh, what book are you reading there? Um, well, uh, a fantasy book. What kind of fantasy book? Um, Conan. Freebooter? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I love Conan. Yeah. You know what I love the most about those books? Uh, no. What do you like? Uh, I like the women in them. Alright. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, he, uh, the author really, uh, you know, gets the details of uh, how they look specifically. And, uh, yeah. There's a lot of sex in those books, too. So, uh, once in a while, yeah, yeah. Shh. What's that? You're in a library. Quiet. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. But yeah, I was just wondering, uh, uh, you know, I was reading this book over here, uh, uh Stephen King, and, uh, I couldn't help but notice, uh, that girl over there was, was staring. Uh, which one? Ah, uh, the one right next to the computer over there by the, by the checkout counter. He's kind of like, yeah, big, huge set of... <sighs> Shh! Do you want to try to... I'm trying to read. Sorry. This is a library. I'm going to go back to reading now. No, 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 Take a look at those. Take a look at those. Look at those set of jugs. Damn. Look at those. I'm blind there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at those. Whoa. Uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's cute. She's I'm, cute. Shh. I'm not hot. What? I know a hot girl. I see a hot girl with big jugs. You don't have any big jugs. What? Shh. Yeah, keep it down. <coughs> uh, excuse me, guys. Uh, yeah. Oh, hi. Uh, officer, what, what's the problem? Yeah, uh, I'm just doing campus security. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to arrest you. Uh, but I just wanted you to know, uh, keep it down a little bit over here, uh, People are trying to read, and, uh, by the way, yeah, she doesn't have very, very huge jugs, uh, matter of fact, I like to squeeze them both, squeeze them both would be great, uh, maybe, uh, shh, Mr. Security, uh, yes, sir,
and you keep it down. This is a library. Okay. I'll just get it out of there. Just getting out of my house. My wife won't let me have any peace and quiet. You guys are over there talking about big fucking jugs. Cut it out. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. Everyone just go back to read. Don't mind me. looking at the books right now. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that ass. Look at that ass. Oh, shit. She's bending over now. Oh, uh, yeah. She is. Oh, damn. Yeah, she's pretty. Oh, she's hot. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm just going to keep it down. Enough being perverted in here. Let alone quiet. We'll make the perverted jokes here. Mm hmm. Excuse me. Can you, uh, uh show me the direction where, uh, <coughs> uh where, where the nice ass and big tits are? Uh, first of all, be quiet. This is the library, and, uh, yeah, she's between aisle two and three. Or by the nonfiction. Okay, okay, alright, alright. What are you gonna say to her, man? What? What are you gonna say to her? Uh, I'm not gonna say anything. Okay. Oh. Damn, look at that. What's he doing? I know, we're gonna find out. What's he. Wait a minute. security. What's he doing now? The security? <gasps> They're both sticking their hands down her pants. Shh. Quiet. Quiet. Let's watch this. I 
I'm going to the bathroom now. Uh, I suddenly need to, uh, urinate to myself. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> ah, you're all sick. Shh. I am back, ladies and gentlemen, I am back, and I am bad. Hambo's back in town, he's back in the studio. Easy stomach, you already ate. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, I am back, I'm ready to go again. I made it across, uh, a trip across uh, California to New York, survived it. I'm back in the studio, I want to do a little something special. I'm recording with some new equipment in the, right here in the, uh, the studio, so bear with me if it sounds a little uh, boxy, like I'm trapped into a box. But you know that's uh, you know that's what happens when you got to restructure. Sometimes you're in a cardboard box and you just gotta have a little microphone, plug it in to uh, to tin can, and uh, record what you got into a tape recorder. You know, uh, I don't even know if that's possible. Plug it into the can, then plug it into the tape recorder. I don't know. But we're giving it a shot. And if I sound a little boxy, I apologize. I'm experimenting. I want to see how these how these things work here. Uh, boy, it's great to be back. I know I almost pod faded there. But uh, I'm not giving up. Not giving up on the dream. Not giving up on comedy, and I'm not getting up, giving up on podcasts, folks. Well, let's uh, let's jump right into the first bit of business here. Um, first off, I'll hit the ground running. Uh, I've just read Old Man Logan, and I've been watching a couple awesome previews for the next Wolverine movie. The Wolverine, the Wolverine 3D. I don't think the movie's actually called the Wolverine 3D. The Wolverine 3D is called the Wolverine 3D, but I think you can just go see the Wolverine. This one looks a lot more promising, folks, than the last one. Um, not too many people out there in, in, uh, in the internet uh, zone know how I feel about the first Wolverine Origins. Um, I don't think I've ever been as conflicted uh, about a movie as I have Wolverine Origins. Um, but that's another story, and will be told another time. The one I want to focus in on is The Wolverine for right now. And then we'll go into uh, Old Man Logan, the graphic novel which I picked up over at uh, Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash in New Jersey. Yeah, I'll get to that one too. So, 
the thing about this preview that I, I, I like, um, that gives me hope, is that they're using Viper uh, in it, and as one of the villains. Um, they gave her, a, a, like, a snake tongue, which I don't remember her having in the comic, but I think that's a nice little twist. What else? Oh, uh, I, I, I appreciate the fact that they're trying to make Wolverine vulnerable in it by taking away his uh, healing factor. So that raises the stakes a bit. Uh, I love the fact that Silver Samurai is in this and that he's got a pretty darn good samurai outfit. That's pretty kick-ass. Uh, Hugh Jackman looks great, of course. Uh, I'm looking forward to having him carry this movie a lot more than he did to Origins. Origins seemed to be uh, full of uh, a lot of characters. Uh, New Mutants and... Uh, yeah, that's another story. Uh, that's a whole other podcast, folks. In fact, I'm looking to do a, a commentary of that movie. And uh, that you can listen to and, and watch the movie with and get my thoughts on that. Uh, if you haven't known by now, I'm a hardcore Wolverine fan. I got into Wolverine when I was a, a teenager, uh, probably around uh, my freshman year of high school, maybe even before that. Uh, I had been in, a, I think it was a Walgreens um, at the time. Uh, I don't think they had Rite Aid back then, around 1990, 1991. I saw this amazing cover of uh, Wolverine in the brown suit, brown, brown and yellow suit. And uh, I should say, I saw Wolverine in the brown and orange suit there. And, uh, yeah, I, it was an amazing cover done by Mark Silvestri. It's pretty much uh, Wolverine in, in full bestial mode uh, with his mouth open, with his mouth open uh, growling. Uh, white pupils, no, you know, no pupils, white eyes. And uh, he had uh, both fists fully extended with his claws out, and he had these uh, sharp roots or spikes going through him. So it was a really fascinating cover, to, and uh, it really got me introduced to that character even more. I had known about him previously um, uh, through reading some of my brother's comics that he picked up. But uh, nothing really grabbed me until then. And then uh, after reading the Mark Silvestri run, uh, uh, X-Men uh, came out, number one, uh, the revamped edition, uh, with Jim Lee uh, behind the steering wheel there. And that got me totally committed to X-Men and, and uh, Jim Lee's art style and, and Wolverine. And I was just in love with the character from that day on. <clears throat> uh, anyway, I'm getting, let's get back to the movie trailer. Uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I, I like the fact that Wolverine is, you know, he, he's, this takes place after X-Men 3 and he's in disarray. He, he feels bad about what he did to Gene and, and, uh. You know, he's he's grown his hair out, and he's he's not that man anymore. He doesn't want to be Wolverine anymore. Um, there's a lot of similarities between this one and the Old Man Logan, the graphic novel. Um, by the way, there's plenty going to be plenty of spoilers here for both. Uh, well, for the graphic novel, anyway. Um, so anyway, 
I really like the fact that he's uh he he's he's he feels bad about what he did and, and he doesn't want to be that person anymore and uh his healing factor gets taken away and uh, we're gonna see some new stuff. We're gonna see some new um some new thoughts, some new introspective moments and acting here. So I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to the villain, uh, Silver Samurai, uh, and some other twists they might have in it. I think they're keeping this one kind of simple, not as complex as Wolverine Origins. Kind of ended up being with so many characters and in, in, in twists in it. And uh, the only thing that uh, seems to bug me is like some of the backgrounds in it do seem pretty CG'd. Pretty green screened. I know that they didn't uh, have a chance to travel around so much with this with this movie because of uh, Hugh's uh, scheduling and he wanted to be close to his family and everything. So I know a lot of it was uh, was shot in Australia using uh, green screen, but this should be good. This should be uh, boy, at least it should be better than Origins, which I felt Origins was overall a good popcorn movie, but I didn't feel that. It was the best fan movie because they took so many liberties with the characters and the histories of the characters and adding new characters that weren't in there before. Basically, folks, if it ain't broken, don't don't fix it. I mean, Wolverine is successful for a reason and his uh, solo uh, series is successful for a reason. Uh, don't go messing with uh, the origin stories of... Uh, of uh, Maverick or any of those store other other characters that they didn't include in there and Wolverine's background with um yeah with Weapon X and everything it yeah it was, that's a whole other podcast anyway um uh, looking forward to it uh, July it's coming out uh, Wolverine the Wolverine um I'm sure it's gonna do really well and uh, I'll be there supporting it um. Uh, yeah, but, uh, Wolverine needs to do really well. I mean, the last one wasn't, wasn't too great, even though I made some decent cash. This one needs to do critically better than the last one. And, uh, I like what I'm seeing so far. I mean, I think there, there's a few missed opportunities in it, but overall it looks like it's going to be a more enjoyable film. And, uh, well, you know, they'll be focusing on the J Japan story, Frank Miller's Japan story, and, uh, which I should be rereading soon. Um, but let's move on to the next bit, bit of business here. Uh, Old Man Logan. Let's get into this here. This is a... I bought this as a graphic novel and... Wait a minute. The phones are ringing. What the, I'm not even supposed to have any calls right now. This is really... Flipping unusual. Who's calling in? Huh. Unknown. Okay, well, let's take a chance. Hello, you're on the Ham Palace. Yeah. Is this, uh, Hambo? Uh, yes, it is. That's why I said, uh, you're on the Ham Palace. Uh, you are talking to Hambo there, buddy. Who is this? <laughs> Your main X-Man. Uh... Look, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 are you implying I watch porn? <laughs> Let's not go into that there, buddy. I'm just calling to let you know about your little <laughs> review of the X-Men Origins. 
Yeah, yeah. Is it? Wait, this is a. This is a. <laughs> this is a joke, right? This is a Mike calling and uh, doing something stupid. Little. You're teasing me. Stop it. This is the real Bub. Bub. This is Logan himself. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. I, I'll entertain you. Let's just go for it. Yeah, let's go for it. I can't believe you didn't like Origins that much. I mean, I... Wait a minute. Is this Wolverine... Is this Hugh Jackman as Wolverine? Or is this Wolverine from the comics? Or Wolverine from the cartoon? Or which one am I dealing with here? Man? Well, probably the one from the cartoon. That's what we're looking at. That's why my voice is this way. Or maybe you're just imagining the whole damn thing, Bob. Well, it's... Uh, I haven't managed... I can imagine a lot of things. So I might be losing my mind here. I mean... Actually, uh, I've lost my mind a lot in the last five years, but uh, that's that's a whole other podcast and should be told another day. Um, yeah, but anyway, <laughs> look, uh, I really don't appreciate you dissing uh, Wolverine Origins like that. Uh, I mean, you're supposed to be an Uber fan, and then you're telling me that there's too many damn characters in it. I mean... Oh, yeah. Yeah, there were. I, I, we didn't need Gambit in there. And we... I mean... I like Gambit. But he didn't need to take up so much of the story. And then what... You know, the the kids in the, in the, in the dungeon all locked up. Free the children, the X-Men. Is this like beyond Thunderdome or something? The children constantly have to be freed? Yeah, something like that. Apparently you got a problem with frickin' children. Free the children. You got something against children, bub. I don't. I really don't. I, you know, uh, I, I don't want any of my own, but it doesn't mean I don't like kids. You know, I, I've helped kids out. I've helped them read. I've done some, done some tutoring sessions with kids. Let's move on from this. Yeah, let's move on. I just want you to stop dissing X-Men Origins, okay? It made its money. Yeah, it made it. It made its money, but uh, you know that could have been better. I mean, uh, I, I suppose uh, Leaf Schreiber uh, Schreiber did it an excellent job of Sabretooth. That surprised me. And uh, I mean, uh, your your performance in the movie, uh, or I should say uh, Hugh Jackman's performance in the movie uh, was, was, was pretty good. He held the movie together pretty well. Ah. You mean me. You mean me. I, I mean Hugh Jackman playing you. Nah, it's all the same. It's me. It's me. But anyway, uh, look. All I can say is that, uh, you know, this next one looks... Uh, Looks to be something special here. It looks to be a uh, pure dynamite, Bob. Uh, I won't let you down this time. Should have let you down the first time. Yeah, I know you shouldn't, though. I mean, uh, no, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, Wolby. I mean, there was like some cool scenes. I mean, I loved you on the motorcycle. I love you springing up in the helicopter, taking it down, 
getting on the old CB radio, talking to Stryker. That was cool. I mean, you walking away from the explosion, too, that was, as cliche as that was, I really enjoyed the hell out of that. I mean, it had its moments. But I know it could have been better. You deserve better. The story. The story could have been better. They took your mythology and they just did whatever they want, wanted with it. I mean, the whole Weapon X thing. Well, you killed like two or three people getting out of the Weapon X uh, facility. And that facility was like, what, one or two rooms compared to X-Men 2? Oh, I just, I don't, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I wanted more blood. There's no blood. Yeah, I know. I was a bit disappointed about that, too. I mean, I remember buckets of blood. 20, 30, 40 plus people dead at Weapon X Lab and beyond. I know, and then they cut right to your, they cut uh, right to you getting out of the facility, and then there's that whole, then there's that whole scene where you're jumping off the cliff nude, like in Predator. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> the cinematography was great. I mean, I don't know. It's just, we're having script problems there. That's what we're having. Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. I wish they had stick to the comics just a bit more, because I know it would have worked better. Right. Well, I sat down with the, the writer there, uh, that uh, old uh, Benoff, whatever the hell his name is. I said, look, uh, why don't you just read Wolverine 1 through 50, and we'll take it from here. But uh, he said, no, well, you know, I think Hollywood's got a better idea of what uh, makes a, a good motion picture here. We're going to take some liberties. And I go, look. Look, I mean, we can play your way, but I don't think it's going to be as successful. And then that's how you get Wolverine on Origins. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, look, I could go on. I could go on for a while. And honestly, uh, I'd love to record a commentary podcast of X-Men Origins. And maybe, maybe record it with you and we could talk about that. Maybe have some negotiations. I mean... At the rate I'm doing these podcasts, it's like one podcast a year, so I it could be a while. I, ho I hope it isn't, but it could be a while. Yeah, well, best of luck, kid, best of luck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, look, man, you know I love you, right? You know I love you, man. You're like a brother. You're like a surrogate father, right? Yes, home team, home team. You make me Canadian, Wolverine. <laughs> I love that. I love it. I really do. Yeah. yeah well, you know, in the next segment, I'm going to talk about Old Man Logan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to that. I'm very proud of that. I've my life, alternate life, alternate reality, future. Way of the future. Way of the future. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wave of the future. Yeah, just keep on saying that, Wolverine. And anyway, wait, thanks for calling in, man. I love you. Call back again. It was a fascinating combo. I got to move on. I got to uh, talk about uh, old man Logan, and I got to try to make this podcast funny, too, entertaining. So uh, I'll talk to you later there, Wolvie. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Air Pub. I'll talk to you later. Bye. 
So let's go on. Let's move on to Old Man Logan. It was a pretty uh, surprising call. It wasn't expecting a call uh, from a supposedly fictional character. But uh, anything's possible in the Old Hand Palace. So, uh, let's move on to uh, Wolverine Old Man Logan. Um, I love the art. The art's very good. Uh, Steve McNiven did the artwork, I believe. And, uh, Mark Miller, or Millar, uh, Mark Millar, uh, wrote it. It was a real page turner. Uh, Logan is a bit older, probably in his 60s or 70s. And uh, takes place in the future, of course. And uh, the whole thing is like a post-apocalyptic uh, future where uh, the villains have uh, defeated all the superheroes. Uh, the superheroes have been killed pretty much except for uh, Logan and uh, Hawkeye. Uh, uh, the Hulk has taken over most of the West Coast. In some other territories, um, Doctor Doom has ta taken over much of the Midwest, and the Red Skull has taken over, I believe, the eastern uh, New England part of the country. Uh, pretty interesting. I really uh, uh, like this. Uh, uh, Logan has to pay rent uh, <laughs> to uh, kids of the Hulk, and the, the Hulk's kids are all grown up and. They're a bunch of rednecks, and they come over each month and ask for the rent from Logan, which he doesn't have. And uh, Logan has a family now. He's got a wife and kids. He's been domesticated. And um, his uh, his rent payment to the Hall kids are uh, to uh, to get regular poundings and just for them to just continually pound him every time he doesn't have the money, and he just takes it. Uh, by the way, there's huge spoilers here. Don't go any further uh, if you want to read the book. But anyway, this is for those that are read the book or don't care about spoilers. So, so anyway, um, he he decides, uh, or Hawkeye meets him up one day, and he discovers that uh, Logan doesn't want to be called Wolverine anymore, and uh, but. He doesn't want to be a superhero anymore, and he's a new man. He's he's got a wife and kids, and he just wants to get some money to pay uh, the rent. And Hawkeye comes along, and he's like, "Well, I can I can make that happen for you. Help me deliver this package." Logan bl believes that the package is, is some kind of drug shipment, so he's hesitant at first. But Hawkeye convinces him to come with him and to be uh, just backup security, even though. Uh, Logan explains to him that he will he'll never pop his claws again, and we don't figure that out until like mid uh, midway into the story. And uh, uh, so anyway, uh, there's uh, a couple of situations where they they uh, they drive across the country to deliver the package. They're in this uh, pretty cool little jeep, uh, the Spider-Man, uh, the Spider-Mobile, which uh, can uh, drive up buildings. Uh, because it's got the webbing on the tires or something like that. And it's very, very durable Jeep. Uh, I thought that was a nice touch because uh, uh, Logan likes to drive Jeeps, motorcycles, and uh, kind of tough tough vehicles like that. And the, and the Spider-Man Jeep's got kind of like powers to it. So that was cool. And uh, 
I know that was like some kind of toy that they probably put out that the writer liked, so uh, he probably decided to use it for the story because he had probably nostalgic uh, uh, liking for that. But I'm just kind of uh, uh, guessing about that. Uh, anyway, it, it goes along. Uh, they run into the kingpin who owns a lot of territories in the United States, and they run into Spider Woman, uh, Spider Woman, and uh, she's a uh, uh, see. She kind of, there's kind of a twist there where they're kind of kind of rescuing her, but then she turns out to be kind of like a villain, and um, uh, into like uh, a little more over. A little halfway, a little more than halfway into the story, um, you know, they Wolverine and uh, or Logan and Hawkeye um, talk a bit more, and uh, uh, they get uh, they run into Venom, uh, which is just kind of like this weird costume that's out in the desert. That I mean, it's a living costume that uh, you know sees them, and, and he takes over this Tyrannosaurus Rex, and the Tyrannosaurus Rex comes after him. That's kind of a neat scene. But anyway, Hawkeye discovers why Logan doesn't didn't pull his claws anymore. And uh, what here's a big spoiler here. Uh, he uh, he pretty much tells him that uh, uh, he killed most of the X Men, just about all of them, um, accidentally. Uh, and one day when all the villains uh, uh, were killing the super uh, superheroes. Uh, uh, a whole bunch of supervillains broke into uh, the X Mansion, and he had to defend himself, and he ended up uh, killing all of his main villains and some more villains single-handedly. And what he found out after he killed them all is that uh, Mysterio, who's the master of uh, illusion, he's kind of like a special effects wizard and with holograms, and uh, he made. The X-Men look like supervillains, like physically and the way they spelled and everything. So Wolverine couldn't detect that they were X-Men. So Mysterio pulled off the whole thing of uh, fooling uh, Wolverine into killing the X-Men, thinking that they were the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and more villains. And uh, he, uh, he snapped after that and uh, he went away in hiding. And that's why he promised never to pop the claws again. And uh, I thought that was an interesting, good twist. I mean, I, I kept thinking, what what was the incident that made him not be Wolverine anymore? And that that's a pretty good one. Uh, there's a great scene in this book where, after he uh, he killed everybody, he uh, sits his head down on a railroad track, and a train runs over his his head, and you know goes right over his neck. He doesn't die. But he says, there's a great quote, and it's like, well, there's other ways to, to kill yourself without really killing yourself, you know. And that was the end of Wolverine, you know, that, that night. And um, so anyway, uh, later on in the book, there's a turning point where uh, uh, he meets up. Uh, oh, yeah, I know what it is. Uh, Hawkeye gets, it, big spoiler, Haw Hawkeye gets uh, shot in the head. And... Uh, uh, Logan ends up going after uh, Red Skull, uh, which was, which was I think was the person that did it or was responsible in some way for that. And uh, Red Skull has got Captain America's costume on, and he's wearing the uh, 
Captain America's outfit, and uh, he's got Tony Tony Stark's armor on display there. He wear he has all like of the he's got all of the um, costumes and and uh, weapons from the heroes uh, in a display case. It's kind of like a trophy room, and uh, Logan doesn't pop his claws on Red Skull. It's a good fight scene. Um, he's uh, Red Skull kind of stands his own. But uh, Logan grabs Captain America's shield and and decapitates Red Skull with it, which I thought was pretty pretty amazing scene. Um, there's tons of blood in this, uh, unlike uh, X Men Origins. There's tons of blood. They didn't pull back with the uh, the graphic violence in this, and I really enjoyed that aspect. Um, there's a lot. Of, there's some serious decapitation going. On. I love that. And anyway. Uh, Logan has to go back to his uh, family, and he gets in uh, Tony Stark's armor, and he flies back to California, uh, only to discover that his family has been killed uh, after and uh, before the due date for the rent, uh, which Logan has had the money and everything ready to go, but his next door neighbor pretty much said, "Hey, the Hulk kids showed up, and and, uh, and they just." They just decided to kill him for the heck of it. So Logan goes after uh, uh, the Hulk's kids, and uh, he kills them one by one. Now they're, they're kids; they're you know they're they're full grown men. Uh, they're redneck men and women in their twenties, thirties. Uh, he's he he takes them out like in a horror movie, and, and uh, some really nice panels, good shading done there. He uh, yeah. He really becomes a terrifying uh, son of a bitch in it, and he goes after uh, the Hulk, who is hit, uh, who is hidden in a cave. Um, the Hulk is very fat and balding, and uh, <laughs> he takes on the Hulk and finally again, and uh, the Hulk eats him. And uh, after all that's all, all done, uh, uh, the Hulk discovers he has some indigestion. And uh, lo and behold, uh, Logan has clawed his way out of the Hulk's stomach and destroyed his uh, digestive tract. And uh, Logan also sees that uh, the Hulk has another son, a young kid. And uh, he decides to take on the kid as, as one of his own since uh, the Hulk uh, took his family and his kids. So uh, there, was a, there was a point where he thought maybe Logan was going to kill the kid too, but... He decides to take him and raise him as one of his own. But, uh, yeah, there's there's definitely an homage to uh, spaghetti western in this story, uh, where uh, Logan's even in a trench coat with a hat and everything. And uh, yeah, I, I like that aspect of the of the story as well. And uh, it was it was a deeply moving story, and it really um, uh, they bring out the moments that make him the best. Uh, and uh, they they focus they focus on some of his vulnerabilities too, and uh, yeah, really well done. I really uh I was really kind of re-inspired after reading that, and it kind of reminded me like uh, why I like comics so much and why I like the character so much. And uh, yeah, it uh, Mark Millar made my Marvel, you know that's for sure. 
So yeah, a final grade I would give that is probably, whew, I'd say a 9 out of 10. Maybe even 10 out of 10. I'll give a 9.5 out of 10 for a graphic novel. Very, very well done. Probably one of the best Wolverine uh, stories I'll probably ever read. Um, some of you might be wondering or not. Uh, what happened to my Expendables 2 review? Um, I never did get around to that, and I always feel real bad about it. What I did instead is that I made kind of a, uh, a spoof of it, uh, kind of a, I did a muscle-hit skit of, of uh, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, and Van Damme at, at the bar after the red carpet premiere of Expendables 2. Um, I kind of want to do a retrospective uh, uh, review of that. Maybe I'll put it out as an episode on here, but uh, I don't. I know I won't, I won't do it justice by just talking about it briefly here. But uh, please check out the uh, YouTube video, uh, Muscleheads. Uh, it's called. Uh, it should be on my YouTube channel, Mustang Seven, and that is uh, Expendables Two After Party. Um, it should it should be on there. So. Uh, Take a look at that. I, I put some work into it. It's it, the audio's not perfect, but uh, you know, like everything else these days in the studio, it's it's an experiment. Um, hopefully soon I'll put out a little mini review retrospective since I do have the movie on DVD now. Uh, one of the things I'm, I wanted to talk about, I, I wanted to go over Die Hard Five uh, review of that, but that's Another story should be told another time, another podcast. One of the things I, I deeply wanted to talk about and discuss on here is kind of a serious note uh, was uh, the death of one of my favorite directors, Tony Scott. Um, there's a there's a really sad note about him as you know he uh, he he came down with some kind of a uh, Cancer, and which he would—I believe it was cancer, something to do with his brain—that he thought was irreversible, or he was told it was irreversible. And uh, he, uh, well, I don't even like to talk about it, but uh, I guess if you really want to discover what happened, you can check out the news story about it and uh, Google it, and uh, it's a very sad thing, and. Uh, um, I still can't believe it that he, uh, that he's gone like that. And I mean, this is a man that he put out some great movies. Uh, even if you don't like him, you, you have to still admit that they had an effect on our pop culture. And, uh, one of those is, uh, Top Gun, of course, which I've watched, uh, hundreds of times by now. Uh, <laughs> I can remember, I can memorize, uh, I have memorized a lot of lines from that. Uh, I, I've always appreciated his style, his uh, use of uh, smoke machines or fog machines to give uh, atmosphere to his films. Uh, and his, his close-ups, uh, man, the guy could shoot a great close-up. And uh, he really enjoyed uh, doing that and, and really having the actors, uh, you know, uh, talk in medium to... Uh, uh, regular close-ups to extreme close-ups, and 
um, just, I was, a, uh, I just loved the guy's style, man, and, uh, the other movies, uh, Legend, no, not Legend, that was Ridley, sorry, scratch that, <laughs> but, uh, of course, uh, The Last Boy Scout is one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite action movies, um, I just really loved, uh, the kinetic energy of that, the, those scenes, you know, uh, those those car scenes and everything and how he kind of kept the camera moving uh during the you know when there was when they were leading up to the climax of that movie and just everything about that i really uh i really loved how that movie came together as, as a kind of an underdog detective story and uh I, I suppose shane black had a big part of that too but uh the movie wouldn't have been wouldn't have been as, as interesting without Tony's uh, visual appeal to that, or visual style. Um, trying to think what else the other movies uh, people enjoyed was uh, Crimson Tide. I like that. That was uh, Gene Hackman, Denzel Washington. I remember going to see that, and it was uh, very similar to uh, Hunt for Red October as far as the style went. But the performances were great, and again, Tony Scott relied on the close-ups, medium close-ups, extreme close-ups to uh, to get the emotion of of, uh, of the story through those two great actors. Funny thing about Crimson Tide was uh, I remember going to see it, and I had gotten a large Coke that day. I went to go see, I think, at McComb Mall, Michigan, and uh, just, oh, there's just a lot of water that Tony shot in that movie, constantly being shown, like, uh, submarines from above, and uh, I kept drinking the pop, the pop, and kept drinking and drinking, and all of a sudden, I just, I remember I had to pee so bad, and the more water I saw, the more I needed to pee, but I just couldn't walk out of the movie, because I wanted to see what was going to happen next. Um, that's a, that's a good director, folks. That's a good storyteller. The man can make you keep watching, even though you drank three gallons of pop and you need to explode, um, urine. That's a sign of a good filmmaker right there, kids. Um, yeah. Um, his other movies he did were, uh, uh, Another fun one I enjoyed was Days of Thunder. Another one uh, with Tom Cruise and uh, Robert Duvall. Um, that was kind of like Top Gun in a car. And, uh, you know, that movie had its moments too. Um, you know, the, the cars, the car racing scenes, he really made, it, made them seem uh, bigger than life. Um, that's one thing he was good at, I, I believe, was making the action and, uh, um, the performances seem bigger than life. It's just something that's, you can, that's seldom seen these days, uh, and, and a lot of filmmakers have really <sighs> hyping up the performance. I think it's, a lot of it's through his masterful lighting, uh, and close-ups, and, uh, he's just able to get that. That X Factor, that magic, 
in the way a film looks and it really takes you to another world to where it just yeah you feel transported in that you are in like a magical movie world then i mean it's he sh he shot movies and i always appreciated him for that even even when he got a, he got a bit more realistic in his later films with uh man on fire and uh um uh unstoppable and all that uh but uh yeah i mean what else can i talk about with this man uh domino domino i thought that was a fun film i really enjoyed mickey rourke in that and uh um what's your name uh that plays uh domino in it i thought that was a pretty good performance um Kira Knightley, Kira Knightley, yeah, but uh, that was, he was definitely starting to experiment there when he did that movie, he did, started doing a lot of uh, subtitles in his movies then, uh, Deja Vu is one I haven't properly seen all the way through yet, um, but I've liked parts of it from what I've saw, what I've seen, um, Spy Game I have yet to see, uh, yeah, I, I, there's just a lot more of his work I, I need to watch. Um, the Fan was one that I thought uh, wasn't appreciated that much or as much as it should have been. I really like, again, um, just there's a scene in The Fan where uh, Robert De Niro kind of snaps and he crosses that line, spoilers here, uh, between just being a fan and going to be an extreme, uh, being an extreme murderer, that he does something with the, uh, the music and the silhouette of De Niro and, and the red background, uh, the gels that they used, that's just so unique and so Scottish. Um, yeah, just some good, uh, good uh, performances, even though maybe they're over the top a little bit. I think there's just something about that movie that's rewatchable. Uh, True Romance is one that uh, a lot of people liked. Uh, I enjoyed it too. Uh, he had a great cast in that. Uh, again, I think one of Tony Scott's uh, strengths as a, as a director is being being able to make the performances uh, uh, great or being able to make the performances bigger than life somehow. Uh, and it is a masterful job uh, lighting everything. Uh, I think maybe he works with the same cinematographer every time, but I got to give him props for that. Um, uh, you know, again, it was it was helped out by the script, <clears throat> the Quint, uh, Quentin Tarantino script, just like Last Boy Scouts uh, script with Shane Black. He's, you know, you get him with a really good screenwriter. Look out, boy. He was amazing. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop 2, um, that was a fun one, uh, again, I got a little bit more serious than the first one, and a lot of close-ups there, a lot of, uh, silhouettes, very 80s, um, but, uh, you know, I always enjoy watching that one when it's on, um, there's just, there's a few more I need to see of his. <clears throat> Revenge, I think I remember seeing a long time ago. I have to rewatch that. Um, yeah, I still have to see Unstoppable. 
Uh, and I must see The Hunger, which is one of the earliest movies he's known for. So, one of his breakout movies. Um, I could go into a bit more about his history, but I choose to kind of focus on his work that I liked. Uh, apparently, he was a painter. Um, he went to school for that, and he tried that out for a couple of years, and he had a tough time. It was a struggle. And um, he's decided to get with his brother and do some advertising and uh, start directing commercials. So he made that great leap from, you know, painter to commercial director, which is a pretty amazing leap. Um, I really love that the man was a painter uh, because I believe painting such is such a great uh, grounding uh, universal art form if you're an artist because I, I, I believe if you're a good a capable uh, painter um, that it's going to translate into the other aspects of the arts um, whether that's uh, uh, taking a photo whether that's uh, drawing or uh, inking uh, any kind of illustrating I just think it bleeds into so many other aspects of art and I think it obviously bled into his uh, his movies, um, just the way he would set up uh, the frame and, and the colors uh, that he would use with the lighting. There, there's very uh, every every uh, shot and frame just seemed very uh, uh, um, colorful and uh, picturesque. Um, I, Ridley Scott's, you know, definitely. Uh, employed that into his work um but i think tony scott always kept it a little bit of a smaller scope than ridley um i think scott had a more intimate uh relationship with uh his actors in proportion to the background and the foreground uh and, and the number of close-ups that he used well where ridley uh while he was masterful with close-ups he loved the panoramic uh wide shots a lot more than uh than than Tony, so I think uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think those that was always a, a difference between the two filmmakers. Um, it's a sad thing that Tony had to go out uh, on, on such a, a, a bad note um, uh, by uh, my taking his own life, and I uh, they really put things in proportion uh, for me. Uh, as an aspiring uh, filmmaker, and um, and and in, this, in terms of uh, how happy we can be when we are successful in life, and uh, what can knock us off of our uh, of our uh, you know hill when we are, uh, we can still be very vulnerable. Just because we're super successful doesn't make us vulnerable to, or invulnerable to anything else. I mean, I mean, he was he had a a very a fatal diagnosis, but uh, I read somewhere that it wasn't a hundred percent fatal. I mean, there was still some kind of hope for him, but I think he had made up his own mind somehow. Um, now this is all speculation due to what I've read and what I've heard. Now, this this might not be hundred percent accurate, but from what I, I I've gathered, um, this is what I got and got from it. I, I'm going to research it a bit more. Um, but 
you know, regardless of what actually happened, I mean, it doesn't change the fact that he's gone and it's, uh, it was a valuable part of our pop culture and, uh, yeah, affected my, uh, creative life and, uh, uh, he'll be missed. He'll be missed a lot. Um, I, I plan on doing kind of like a little, uh, uh, tribute to him somewhere down the road, hopefully sooner than later. Now we're gonna kind of uh, change subjects, maybe get to something a bit more cheery. Um, I have had a chance to get back into my uh, into some stand-up comedy again. Uh, I had a chance to travel to Indiana, uh, and there I did a little stand-up, and uh, at this uh, comic. Uh, place called Laughs Comedy Club, and uh, there, there I decided to uh, give it a shot, and uh, actually I had called um, them because I had done some researching uh, for comedy clubs in the area. I was there for work already, and uh, I was in the area, South Bend uh, area. South Bend is where uh, Notre Dame is, um, the college, and um and so I found I found them. I gave them a call. They're like, "Yeah, come on down. We have uh, auditions for you know uh, open mic nights, and we have workshops." Went on down there, and I uh, met some of the people uh, talking. Of course, I was naturally fashionably late, and uh, um, it was a small group, probably five or six people, and they're talking comedy and the different uh, characters. You can be um, what you can commit to as far as uh, if you want to be a particular kind of character on stage uh, as opposed to just telling jokes, um, the pros and cons of, of that. Um, and I went to later wake, uh, I went to later workshops where um, the teacher kind of showed us how to hold the mic and how to take the microphone off of the stand confidently uh, so you don't hit yourself in the nose which he had seen people do and <laughs> believe it or not people uh, have a hard time managing the microphone and if they hit themselves in the nose you know which had actually happened uh, that he had witnessed someone hit themselves in the nose with a mic and then he would bled himself uh, out of his nose and he had, the guy was just he looked inept and just, uh, it, uh, didn't help his performance and uh, just goes to show you everything has to be planned out just right. And uh, you got to have a battle plan for what you're going to do. And even how you take the microphone, control it, and take it off the stand matters. Um, took a lot of notes. And I uh, went up there and did my thing. I, I just had, um, oh, I'd say a couple pages of comedy that I had done uh, weeks before. Uh, Actually, I don't even think it was that, probably maybe a week before. And, uh, you know, one of the jokes had to do with uh, making friends with squirrels, which is some of my standard jokes. Making friends with the animal kingdom. Bizarre, off-the-wall kind of comedy. Um, it had been a while. It had been since California, since I had uh, done some comedy stand-up. So, uh, I was a little rusty. And, uh, didn't get many laughs, maybe a couple. And, uh. 
the next time I went up there, uh, I think I'd done much better because I, I had gone up on stage and uh, just kind of soaked in the, the experience of, of being on, on the stage in front of people with a light on you and relaxing. So many times in clubs, you don't get a chance to go up there and just be and meditate. And I think that helped with my performance and that used the silence to my advantage. Um, so the second time I got a few more laughs, good legitimate laughs. And uh, yeah, I plan to, to go back on stage, uh, hopefully very soon in uh, Saratoga, New York, or in Albany. And uh, who knows, maybe uh, New Jersey. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, hold on, I'm, I'm getting the call right now. Uh, I think this is, yep, this is who I think it is. Yeah, sir, uh, it's Sir Michael Caine again. Just, just not, will not leave me alone. He will not leave me alone. Every, he, well, you know what? He's a constant caller each podcast. I got to give him credit. Somebody's listening to the show. Yeah, hello, go Sir Michael. Um, well, uh, I don't think he wants to talk to me, uh, or he did, but, uh, well, maybe he's just disgusted from the, from the last couple of shows I did, and I think maybe he, he has had enough, um, but, <laughs> so that's what's going on in show business, uh, my show business, uh, segment of the show, um. As far as writing goes, uh, I'm blogging. Um, I'm still working on uh, Fourth Hour. Uh, I, I lost a chapter. I think it's either one of my boxes uh, here or in California, so I had to rewrite it from memory. That was interesting because it gave me a chance to kind of uh, re-examine a crucial chapter in the book. And I'm also getting ready to write a short story called The Ranger. It's a working title uh, about a, a pirate um, turned ranger who uh, gets deserted on, a, on an island, abandoned island, and has to defend himself against a bunch of uh, uh, raiding mar marauders. That should be fun. I'm looking forward to writing that. Uh, hopefully that'll be part of a, a three-part uh, short story series. And um, let's see. What else? Let's move on. Uh, I'm finding myself with some more open mic nights uh, coming up within the next few weeks. Um, updating uh, my blogs and uh, let me give you my blogs. Let me give you the websites for those. Uh, one of my blogs is a tutoring blog, but I do a lot of my writing and stories on it. Uh, griffintutoring.blogspot.com griffintutoring.blogspot.com And then the other one is movinslow.blogspot.com And lightning hyphen prod.blogspot.com Check those out. I update those as much as I can. Uh, try to update them at least once a month, all three of them. 
Uh, haven't had a chance to do another short film yet, but I am uh, still in the process of docu uh, editing a documentary. Um, but that's been held off because of a, a personal project. Um, uh, my brother's uh, my brother's dog passed away about a year ago now, and uh, doing something for that, uh, a little video, um, a little compilation, a little slideshow there. I'm trying to get together there, all my video footage of the dog and and photos. But, uh, not a bad uh, not a bad episode. Back in the studio again. I'm gonna find ways to make this quicker. Um, and uh, more more efficient. This about does her. Wraps her all up. Thanks for listening. Until we meet again in the case is solved.